What is up, guys? I'm Andrew Richardson, and this is Roll for Persuasion, the D&D podcast where we go out and we talk to creators in the community about the cool things they're doing with their love of D&D and gaming. It's always awesome to find people who are trying different things. We've talked to coffee brewers. We have talked to artists. We've talked to woodworkers. And today on the podcast, we are talking to another podcaster. Shane, what's going on, man? Hey, how's it going? Doing great, doing great. Uh, how about you tell people who you are and and what you do? Sure, I am uh, Shane Viskowskis. I am one of the hosts of the Total Party Thrill podcast, um, where we we are a RPG discussion podcast. Um, but we kind of got a little bit of notice because we were uh, very early adopters of Five E and specifically Five E Eberron um, at a time when there wasn't a lot of Eberron content for Five E. So. Um, I don't know. We found a little bit of a niche. Yeah, I mean, I, I think you were telling me before we started recording, you guys have been doing this for just about four years, right? Yeah, so we started in 2015, and um, I, I probably, like most podcasters, it started as like, oh, this will be easy. Um, <laughs> right. like we, have, we have an idea for like three episodes. We're good. And uh, yeah, 210 episodes, 220 wow. episodes later, something like that. Yeah, we're uh, <laughs> it's, it's not easy. <laughs> right, right. I, I was the same way. I was like, cool, I've got three people lined up. Then after I recorded those people and I launched, I was like, I should interview more people if I'm going mm-hmm. to do this every week, right? Yep. Um, so you say we, so it is you and your co-host, Ishan, right? Uh, yeah, Ishan is uh, is the co-host. He's the uh, brains behind the operation. I'm just the uh, deep voice. <laughs> hey, you know what? There's nothing wrong with being the deep voice, right? Exactly. Well, this is going to be deep voice overload on this Right, episode. right. We're going to really have to uh, pump the highs in, uh, in post. Right. So, so walk us through real quick, total party thrill. How does a, you know, average episode, how does it work? Um, so we start out, uh, we do, we've done a campaign recap, uh, since the beginning. So we started with our Eberron campaign kind of, um, rather than like an actual play where you're getting the moment by moment, we kind of hit the highlights of what was going on in the story. Right. So, um, narratively driven of what is the campaign kind of the way that you would maybe interpret from like the back of the box of a, of an adventure. Sure. Um, and, and talk through, you know, what were the characters, what were we thinking and, and sort of where did the story lead us? Um, we wrapped up our Eberron game after like 75 episodes, which again, seems so quaint now. Um, <laughs> and then we didn't know what to do. So at the time I was running a Warhammer 40 K rogue trader game. Uh, and ever since we have been recapping that and we are like three episodes from finishing. Oh, that wow. Campaign. Okay. Yeah. And and now let me so. let me put you on the spot a little bit. Every time you do the recap for the campaign, you have a little intro that I think you nail word for word every time. Do you know that from memory? Can you do that right now? Uh Dynasty Unwarranted is our Warhammer 40k roll wait. Warhammer 40k Rogue Trader game played using Dark Heresy Second Edition by Fantasy Flight Games. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, what's the next one? <laughs> yeah, I, that, that's pretty have, much uh, it. Have... It, it, I, it always impresses me. I'm like, man, I, by now I'm sure he just kind of has that in the brain. But uh, yeah, it's it's been fun. I appreciate that part of your show. I picked a random episode. I'd actually, full confession, I'd come across your podcast a while ago and uh, I just kind of read the the overview and I was you know rapidly downloading all these shows. And I was like, oh, it sounds kind of like a rules discussion. I don't know if I'm really you know down with that. And I didn't listen. Uh, but then I went back and I actually did. I downloaded your episode where you talked about ambushes. Um, mm-hmm. And I was like, all right, I'm going to give this a try. And so for those of you who have, haven't checked it out, definitely not just a, you know, a mechanical rules discussion, right? You guys really talk about 
the um, kind of the concepts that people can bring to games, not just D&D, but role playing in particular, right? So, so how can DMs incorporate, you know, element X into their game? How can, how can players interact with it better? Um, and that's one thing that I, that I really in particular enjoy. And, and you guys sum it up in this idea of um, sharing stuff about your campaigns to like inspire others, right? So mm-hmm. how, how did that concept kind of come to be? Was that the original idea for the show or, or is that kind of developed over time? No, the so yeah, that was the original idea was that like we had played a lot of fifth edition very early because we had played, you know, we had played an Eberron through the play test and then right. it was released and we moved to the official rules and we felt like we had played a lot of high level D&D in a system that was months old at that point, sure. right? And we felt like, cool, that would be helpful. Like I would listen to that as we were playing through it, like what is high level D&D in fifth edition like? Um, and it, and it just kind of evolved from there. I mean, we got, we got more into the story and like, I don't know that we've ever actually gone back to that mission. Um, Mm -hmm. but we also had like an embarrassing amount of like system mastery by that point, just in terms of what our characters look like and what abilities were out there and what monsters looked like and things. So that actually brought us to our, our last segment of the show, which is the character creation forge where we build D and D characters to model you know, characters from fiction. Um, sometimes it's like, hey, I want to play the Eye of Grumsh, right? Which is a prestige class from third edition that doesn't right. exist in fifth edition. What would that look like? Other times it's like, hey, I want to play Batman. Make me a Batman. You right. Know? I, th- I think recently you did uh, The Witcher. Um, you've done Vegeta from Dragon Ball. Um, it's, oh, it's yeah. kind of, it's a fun, it's a fun, I think you're doing, um, who's coming up soon? Uh, Junk yeah. the next one. Yeah. yeah, so we've done some Overwatch characters. We've done some Mortal Kombat characters. Um, we've done a lot of comic book characters, um, just random things. Uh, spoiler, you heard it here first. Uh, we've got, um, uh, what's her name? Uh, Beatrix Kiddo, the the main character from Kill Bill. Oh, yeah, up. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that'll, that'll be fun. That'll be fun. Um, and, and so all of that, like all of that you guys had conceptually, you had the character creation forge, like when you launched it, or was that kind of mm-hmm. like a, man, that's, that's super cool. I feel like it's not too common, especially for podcasts that have been around as long as you guys have to have started with fully fleshed out idea and then really maintained it going forward. I think a lot of shows tend to evolve and, and I'm sure y'all's has in some way, but that's pretty cool that you have kind of your core concept and you can continue to offer it now, even four years later, right? Uh, yeah, in spite of uh, in spite of hearing that frequent feedback that you you gave, right? You started the show, you thought, "Oh, this isn't for me," and then you had to go back. Yeah, that's a great pitch for a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that is and and that is you know that's fully on me because like I, I think a lot of people, depending on how they got into D and D or what they see out in the community, you know, you really almost kind of have have these two kind of camps, right? You have the people who are role playing heavy, and then you have the people who are mechanics heavy, and so it, it can be very easy to you know, assume that everyone's thinking that way, even though you're, you know, you as a player might not be, it's what the loud kind of vocal minorities are. They're like, ah, mechanics or role play. And you guys really, I feel like meld the two in such a great way that, um, you know, personally it's helped me in my game. I'm, you know, actually trying to make a new character and I want to play lawful evil. I was like, well, I have no idea how I'm going to do this. So I'm like, ah, I'm going to go listen to the total party thrill episode. Cause you guys did a, uh, you did a, a breakdown of each alignment possibility, right? Where you went through and, and talked about every kind of possible combination and what that could look like. It took four years, but we got through all nine alignments and kept our sanity. Which is which is really the most impressive part of the whole thing. Um, so yeah, so I, I would say to anyone listening, this is this is a show that's definitely worth your time. Entertaining, 
informative, and, and you know what you're getting. You always know that you're going to get good information. You're going to get good tidbits on how to incorporate into your game. And again, not just D&D, right? You guys kind of come at it from a, you know, more of a holistic RPG system, you know, conceptually, right? Yeah, that's the goal. Um, we, early on, we wanted to make sure that we weren't pigeonholed as a D&D podcast, um, even though we're obviously very D&D heavy, right? Like we build sure. a fifth edition character in every episode, so you can't dodge the D&D aspect, but... Um, especially in like when we talk about advice, like we don't want to be solely D and D oriented because I, I think there's a lot of great games out there. Um, I think playing other games makes D and D more fun um, because Absolutely. you're coming back to something familiar. But also, like you incorporate ideas from other games into your D and D games, and you get the stories that you really want, not necessarily like what D and D is sort of optimized for. Right. So for you personally, um, when did you kind of first get into gaming? When did you first, you know, play D&D? What was, what was kind of your, uh, you know, what was your gateway drug, if you will, to, to Dungeons & Dragons? Uh, my gateway drug was plastic crack. <laughs> um, my, uh, my neighbors growing up were from England, and okay. they had, um, when they immigrated, they had brought with them Warhammer 40K. Okay. Um, so that was my first anything tabletop oriented. It was far too expensive for me to afford on my allowance. Sure. My parents did not understand it and did not support <laughs> it. So it was, uh, it was an interesting hobby to be into given right. that I was like scraping and scrounging for books. And that was my main, um, engagement with 40 K. But yeah, so like I have been playing 40 K off and on since second edition, um, okay. which is weird um <laughs> and then from there like you know computer games video games um and then my group of friends picked up D D like at the end of middle school maybe beginning of high school okay um actually i i remember what it was um so you remember Baldur's gate right everyone oh, yeah it's kind of like the seminal title in D D yeah. games yeah the, the so game the game which i played for years never knowing it was a dungeons and dragons game literally until like two years ago so I was the opposite. Okay. I knew it was a Dungeons and Dragons game. I didn't understand what Dungeons and Dragons was, but <laughs> I saw on the shelf next to Baldur's Gate was um, the AD&D Core Rules 2.0 CD-ROM set. Not an intimidating was, title at all, right? No, and it was like Microsoft Encarta for <laughs> AD&D, right? Like, right. think of, you know, D we have D&D Beyond now, which sure. sort of indexes all that stuff, or like the Roll20 Compendium, right? Indexes all that stuff. This was a CD-ROM set that had all the rules of AD&D in like a, basically a hypertext, like right. linked format, right? That's how I learned D&D. That's um, awesome. Which is weird. Like nobody entered D&D that way. It had no art. <laughs> right. I remember I, I read about it, um, and I probably talked about this book in every single episode, but in the uh, the Art and Arcana book, kind of history of D&D that Wizards put out recently, I think one of the things I talk about about that CD-ROM set is like nobody bought it. <laughs> it got, yeah. They spent all this time developing it. Nobody bought it and it got scrapped like pretty quickly. That makes total sense. So uh, you were one tracks. of the three people that got brought to D&D &D from the CD-ROM. So it's a, it, it's a commercial success. Right. It's, yeah, for me. An audience <laughs> right. of one. It was flawless. Um, but yeah, so that's that's how I started. And then uh, shortly after, like by the time I was in high school, um, I think third edition had come out. So that's what we mostly played was third edition. Um, and by that time we had like summer jobs and things so we could afford sure. to like actually buy things. Right. And so, you know, Christmas money and stuff. For sure. So so you've you've run the, the gamut of the editions almost and obviously multiple different games. Is there an edition 
that in particular you enjoyed or was there an aspect of a prior edition of D&D um, specifically that you enjoyed? Maybe, you know, maybe you didn't love 4E a whole lot, but was there something specifically about 4E or 3.5 or whatever that really stood out to you? It was like, man, that's a great, you know, aspect of, of this system. Uh, what appealed to me, uh, that's a tough question. Um, that, that's what we do here. We're all about the tough, yeah. hitting, you know, <laughs> deep questions. Well, so every edition of D and D for me has had like it's bright spots. Um, and I've always liked the current edition most, uh, with the caveat sure. of fourth edition that I just, I wasn't part of the, I wasn't in gaming at the time that fourth edition came out. Okay. Um, so I would, I like, I had kind of quit gaming and uh fourth edition was released and then I got back into gaming when fifth edition was. A... Where fourth edition is. It sounds great. I, I don't know what people were complaining about. Uh, <laughs> Lots but, of men. Um, I, so I've, I've always kind of felt like the current edition of D and D was the best edition. That's totally fair, especially, um, and, and again, um, I've only been playing. Yeah, I, I, like I, oh, sorry. I think we're having some connection issues here. Let me do a quick check. No, make sure ahead. I'm not backing up my hard drive in the background. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, I think we're good. Yeah, so you were saying the current edition um, is, you said, it's kind of always the one that you enjoy. And I, I would think especially now, and I only started playing uh, D&D with 5th edition uh, in 2016, so that's the only thing I've known. But there's so much content, um, not not even third party, but even wizards. You always you're getting new play test material. You're getting kind of new inspiration from from all sorts of areas. So it seems like you are playing a constantly evolving game versus something static. Is and and I would assume without kind of the internet being super present um, that that was not necessarily the case with prior editions. Would that be correct? I don't know if that's true. I think there were. Let's so say many it's true. Let's just claim it's true. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's true. What... <laughs> I, I think, I, I think what's different is the type of content that's being produced okay. by Wizards of the Coast right now. Sure. Um, where in like prior editions, you had tons of supplemental books that were like splat books, right? That were player content, that right. were sort of thematic content, that were setting content. Now we get a lot more adventures. Sure. Um, which is cool. Probably for them, they probably sell a lot of them. Right, um, right. It's less cool for me because I don't really run a lot of those adventures. So for me, this has been like a content drip. Whereas I totally get if you buy all those books, um, it can feel like <laughs> a blast of of content coming at you constantly right. with playtests and everything else. Um, I think the DMs Guild is a huge thing, though. Sure, um, yeah. A especially like, um. And I'm I'm blanking on the name of the group, but the sort of the DMs Guild, like kind of premium creators, right? That have sort of been yeah um, tabbed by Wizards of the Coast. Uh, the Guild Adepts is what. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I know a few of those people. Um, sure. They're all lovely. Their their work is great. Um, it is keeping D and D alive uh, in a lot of ways for me. Like their content is what I look towards because I think it's really, really? a lot more interesting and a lot less like I don't know. Uh, Wizards of the Coast is very good at producing Wizards of the Coast products. Sure, sure. Right? Um, which is, I've got a lot of those on the shelf. <laughs> well, it's kind, of, it's kind of like how Marvel is really good at producing MCU movies. Like, you, right, kind, of, you exactly. kind of know what you're going to get, and mm -hmm. you enjoy it, um, but it's, you know, it's fairly, I don't want to say railroaded, but you you know what you're going to get, right? It's, 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 it's a, a pretty It's a formula, yeah. Exactly, yeah. And so, like, I think what, what is happening on the DMs Guild is people are, hacking D D in a way that hasn't been readily accepted in the past yeah um or hasn't been marketable in the past that hasn't really like gotten the light of day 
Um, and then premium companies like, you know, Cobalt Press are putting out a lot of fifth edition content that's right. as good as the first party stuff um, is less experimental, but is still like supplemental. So like it's a it feels like a healthier ecosystem, certainly than we had in like third edition. So sure. from a business standpoint, like I'm happy with where D&D is and a, a healthy D&D is good for all role playing games um, for sure. Absolutely. So let, let's jump over um, to kind of the the entrepreneurship side of the whole podcast thing. What uh, you, you mentioned that you guys kind of came into it like, oh, this will this will be great. This will be way easier maybe than, than it ended up being. You know, maybe three ideas or whatever. What were some of the early pitfalls that you ran into, and then what were some of the early kind of surprises? Because even for podcasting, I mean, podcasting's been around for a bit, but you know, 2015, especially in the world of D and D podcast, which there are thousands of now. Um, probably a pretty pretty new kind of sector right so so what were what were some challenges that came up and what were some kind of uh, surprises that hit you um so i think the challenge that we had early on is i think what a lot of creators have is that you just want feedback right um and getting feedback is very difficult when people don't know who you are um like getting people to listen and give it a sh- give it a try right sure. or getting people to tell a friend about it like is the is the hardest part and like it's a marketing exercise but it's also like a networking and like self marketing exercise totally um so i was fortunate that i was a little bit plugged into the rpg community um i had a blog i had um i had been friends with um the rpg academy Okay. Um, and, and Michael over there, um, I had been on their their show a couple times. So like I had a little bit of like some help, right? Like sure, I had some yeah, friendlies. Yeah. Um, and I think that that was what kind of the biggest challenge was, was like getting over that inflection point of like, hey, I think we have an idea for a show to, hey, we have an actual show here. And hey, we have actual people listening to our <laughs> show right. here. Like th- those are huge leaps, you know, like and and from the outside, like, concept to recording seems like a small thing but i will tell you we literally recorded on the floor in my living room and ishan and i had <laughs> right. to get pretty drunk in order to like <laughs> perform in front of each other right because right. that's what it part of it is like it's a discussion but part of it is it's a performance um like joking about being able to do that intro from memory that's because i'm performing that intro right 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 um which is not to say that we're not authentic it's just that like radio voice and radio conversation is different from like us sitting around the couch and like bullshitting right you know because it has to be structured you've never done it before right like like you're you're learning on the fly exactly um and so we learn with a sufficient amount of bourbon and a lot of nervousness (laughs) and like and we didn't understand like anything about acoustics or recording equipment or like any of that stuff so we're like covering ourselves in pillows and like trying to i don't know it was a it would have been i wish we had pictures of those days right the, the but, wild west of podcasting right um and then in the the ecosystem was interesting too because like actual play was a thing but twitch wasn't quite there yet sure yeah like twitch was still a very fringe like streaming as an idea was like oh that's a thing that people do for video games right but like right. it hadn't hit tabletop games yet um and being a discussion podcast we were instantly like we're never doing an actual play. We don't want to do an actual play. And we found an audience of people who are like, don't do an actual play. Yeah. And then yeah. we found like, you know, 70 million people who would rather listen to people play the game than talk right, about it. Right. So whoops. Well, yeah, that's, that's actually, that's the same kind of, uh, you know, mindset I came into this with was, was like, I love actual plays. I watch plenty of them. Um, I talk about them. 
I don't want to do one. I mean, I'll guest on one. If you want me to be on your actual play, you can feel free to hit me up at Twitter. I'm at Roll Persuasion. But I'm not going to like do my own. I say that now. Um, it just felt like there's a lot of that out there. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's what's so great, too, about like the community and the internet and Twitch. And it's enabled so many people to share their joy and their hobby with other people. But I was mm-hmm. like, there's a bit of a void for people just kind of talking about this, right? Um, you know, I, I could probably name, you know, on five or ten fingers the, the number of shows that really consistently are doing it. You're definitely one of them. And so hopefully, you know, our niche kind of continues to, to carry out and we, uh, we maintain listeners. I think it will. But you, you, going back, you mentioned, you know, there was that point where you said that you had an idea um, and you, you know, felt like you might have something to the point of where you were actually recording. And then the point where you were like, oh, we actually we have listeners. What was what was kind of the, the tipping point there? When did you feel like, oh, you know, not only do we have a show that we're putting out into the ether, but we actually have people responding back and, you know, it's, it's actually connecting with someone. What, what kind of, like, was that tipping point for you? Um, uh, I don't know that it was one big tipping point as much sure. as, like, a, a collection of, like, you know, the first time you get mentioned on right. Twitter, right? right? Of somebody, like, responding to you posting an episode and being like, hey, that was cool. Here's a question or whatever. Like, it yeah. was, wow. Um, like, the first time we did a mailbag episode and we had to, like, solicit listeners. Right. Um. And like people take the time to do an iTunes review, right? Yeah, for us yeah. to read on the air, right? Like that sort of stuff. It, it like it means so much to a small creator. Um, and like I don't know, like we wanted to approach it from the perspective of like we're professionals. Like we want this to sound professional. Sure, like, we sure. want this to be something that we could be proud of. But at the same time, like inside, I'm like gleefully cheering every time, every little acknowledgement <laughs> that I did, I did a thing. Right. You know? Right. Um, so I think some of it is like the, the arrival moment was when we got nominated for an any for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, because we had kind of submitted to the Ennies. Uh, so the process for the Ennies is like you submit your content or whatever, right. Mm-hmm. In a category, judges review it the judges are rather anonymous there's lots of things right, to review right. and then they pick like i think six um and then then fans vote on those six and don't worry this doesn't end with us winning in any but <laughs> um yet well yeah <laughs> so anyway like that was a moment where it was like oh wow people that we don't know that aren't like friendly to us already like that are objectively selected to kind of highlight what's good in tabletop gaming have acknowledged us and like that that felt like okay cool this is going to be something yeah and that's when we were like okay we might have this might be a show yeah right this might be more than a it wasn't it's not more than a hobby but right well it wasn't like your mom like tagging you on facebook like oh my boy shane like he he's got a show it's so great like it was legitimate people out in the world um you know out of nowhere essentially right like enjoying what you do right and and then uh when we interviewed keith baker because that was a little bit like you know like interviewing your grandfather right (laughs) um the the fact that he was willing to to go on the show at all um right was amazing but then also like hey we have this show about everon can we have the creator of everon on right right um that was pretty rad that's pretty cool did you i i think a lot of creators i'm certainly among them but a lot of us talk about this idea or feeling of like imposter syndrome right like like surely Mm -hmm. 
surely no one will like what I'm doing. You know, surely I can't actually make something that's good. Is, is that something that was ever kind of part of, of your struggle or was that not necessarily kind of on your radar personally? So Ishan is a journalist by trade. So I don't think he suffers from that the way that I sure. do. Um, if he, if he does, he doesn't show it. Um, but for me, yeah, it definitely was. Um, I, I, I still kind of feel like I don't know what credential I have to talk about this right, stuff. Right. Um, certainly doing things for a long time does just seems like a poor qualifier. Right. <laughs> right. Longevity. I, I, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like that doesn't seem like enough, but, um, yeah, I, I, it's tough. Um, and you find there are troughs as well, right? Like sure. there are periods where I don't feel great about the topics that we've been covering in the past, you know, whatever few episodes, like where like I've got other stuff going on and I have to do editing on Tuesday night. Right, <laughs> and, like right. I'm up until two in the morning and I'm wondering, is this even worth it? How much do I care about this? How important is our Thursday release sure. to me? Right. Um, like those are the kind of moments where it's like, what is this all for? And right, yeah. like, is anybody, does anybody even care? You know, um, that's, those are the hard, those are the hard parts of being like a, a small creator. It's right. just like, you don't have a, you know, a, an ongoing like sales stream, <laughs> right? <laughs> like exactly. your, your product isn't flying off the shelves. Um, you don't have like a share price to point to, to say like, oh yeah, that's validation. Like, my Facebook is a good Facebook. Right. Right. No, that, that, that makes total sense. And, you know, for me having recently launched, I, by the time your episode airs, I think we will have been out for like a month. And, you know, the other day I had somebody like yesterday, like comment on Twitter and leave me a review that was like, it's a great show, you know, blah, blah, whatever. And like, I sat there for probably 15 minutes going, this person's probably lying, right? Like there's no way they actually like, and and it's like a whole it's a whole emotional roller coaster that I think you go through as a creator. You know, you you love what you do, but then you put it in front of other people and there's that fear of like, no, nobody's gonna like like me, right? It's very vulnerable to even if you're putting on your radio voice, it's very vulnerable to put yourself and your opinions out into the world. Like you were saying, to position yourself really as an authority to one degree or another, even if you don't necessarily feel like you have that yourself. And so so what, you know, what, what mentality or whatever kind of gets you through those moments where you're feeling that way? Uh, we have, so I just looked at our inbox. We have 25 unread emails. Uh, I know what all of those emails are. They're all yeah. like pick me up emails from people who, that have <laughs> like been sent to us. That's awesome. Um, uh, there's actually probably a few of those that I should respond to uh, from four <laughs> years ago. Sure. Uh, um, but yeah, no, it's like, it's that, right? It is, yeah. um, we have a discord for the show right and mm -hmm. like the engagement that we have on discord is is weird because it's very casual but at yeah. the same time like it's a reminder that there are like people out there who do listen and every thursday morning like there's a flurry of activity because like they caught it on their morning commute and like right. people want to talk about the things that we're talking about so yeah it's it's tough and then some of it is just like sort of that like dumb blind confidence that this is worth doing. right right um like at, at the end of the day like you just have to have that faith that this is a good use of time that like your opinion is valid um and that people out there are benefiting from hearing your opinion sure um even if i don't see where that benefit is coming from right and that's that's what strikes me about like some of those emails that i keep or they're like you know i was struggling with this problem um or like the, especially the ones that are like 
hey, like I listen to you every Thursday morning on my commute. Um, yeah. I was going through a hard time and like you guys made me laugh and I really appreciate that. Right. Like it has nothing to do with content, right? Sure. It just has, has to do with existing. Yeah. Um, right. Or like, I don't get to, the other one we get so much is I haven't played since, you know, however long. Um, and I don't have time anymore, but I love hearing you talk about it because it brings me like fond memories of when yeah. I was a kid playing these games or, you know, like playing with my friends when I had the time, like, so like, those are the kind of things that like, that's where I stop and I'm like, okay, that's gotta save that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's great. Um, so I, I don't know. Those are the kind of the the pick me up and keep goings. Totally. So what uh what if any advice would you give? You know, let's talk specifically about podcasters, but or or you know, creators in general. What kind of advice would you give to people who are either starting something new right now or who have an idea but haven't brought themselves to the point of actually putting it out into the, into the world? So my first piece of advice, I'm not sure if you can hear it in the background, but don't have a cat. <laughs> <laughs> like in the background, I can hear my wife yelling amen because <laughs> she hates cats. Um, yeah, he's uh, he's meowing a little bit. Sorry about that. You're, you're um, good. So I think the advice I would give is do it. Um, yeah. Like I, I hear too many times, too many people come up to me and say like, hey, I'm thinking about doing this thing but I don't know how to do this or I don't know how to do why that, or I, I don't know like what this is and whatever. And it's just like, there are a hundred thousand reasons you should not do something. Sure. Right. <laughs> like the easiest thing in the world to do is to find out why you shouldn't do something. Right. Like find the why for you that you should and focus on your why. Um, like that's the, that's the key. Right. Like, and I mean, there are like technical concerns, right? Like, hey, it helps to have good audio. If you're recording with multiple people, make sure they all have their own mic. Right. Um, record in a quiet place, do some editing, get rid of your ums, don't breathe into your mic, like all that stuff. But like, listen to your product and you'll figure out what are the mistakes you're making. Like, does it sound good? Does it, do I hear people slurping on their microphone the whole time? Like, sure. you can fix that in an episode or two. But the, the thing that you have to do is actually take that step and do it. Um, and whatever it takes for you to actually make that leap is, is the best advice that I can give you. <laughs> um, I just, unfortunately, I don't know this anonymous person who's trying to start a podcast. Right, right. No, but that, that really is like the best advice, right? I can't think of a single podcast or, or even show that I watch or listen that is done by a small time creator where at some point down the road, they go, man, you know what? When we start, if you go back and listen to our first few episodes, it was kind of rough, Mm -hmm. you know, like the audio was rough or we didn't cut things well or, you know, we've upgraded our equipment since then. But it sounds great now. And those issues that that I think as a creator starting out, you worry are going to be like the barrier that keeps someone from listening to you almost never are, right? Like they're almost always a bigger problem in your mind than they are in the mind of your listener or your viewer. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're, you're always going to be your own worst critic. Um, and if you're not, I fear that you're probably not doing a great job. Like, <laughs> totally. I, I, I don't... Like, I don't mean that as like a superlative. I just like, you have to be your own worst critic or else, I don't know, you end up putting out very milk toast content and everything you do. You, you become you two or something. Um, <laughs> technically competent and right. really uninspired. Um, yeah, but I think that's the barrier to entry, especially for podcasts um, or like even like people who want to write, who want to be freelance writers, like people who want to produce games, like who, who want to make art. The barriers are so low. 
like for a podcast, you need like a $10 simple cast subscription, you know, sure, um, yeah. maybe a website, like probably not even both. Right. To be yeah. honest, um, you need a Twitter account um, and you need to be nice to people. Right. <laughs> like yeah. Yeah. That's I, I know that's a big barrier for a lot of people. <laughs> sure. Um, but like, you know, same thing, like with a Google Doc and. I mean, I, I suppose doing layout is a little more difficult for like DMs Guild, but even so, there's products out there that'll help you with that. Like, right. it doesn't take a lot; it just takes you getting up and doing it. And like, that's what that's what I want more people to be doing is yeah. just do the thing you want to do. Um, and like, especially like the problem is like that is very like white people advice, right? Yeah, <laughs> and like we're two white dudes, um, and like. In the history That's, of podcasts, I don't know if white dudes have ever even released one. Like, I'm pretty right? sure we're exactly. the first, yeah. Like, I can't think of any uh, <laughs> off the top of my head. Right. So, it also, like, it strikes me that there are other barriers, right, that, yeah. that exist in, like, in elevating the content that's um and like we need to work as a community to solve those barriers but first people have to produce the content um and that's that's what i want more than anything like i that is what i've spent probably the past year certainly this year of like conventions is like yeah. meeting people and being like i love your ideas why aren't you doing something with that yeah right like people bring ideas to me and i'm like that's that's not my thing that's your thing yeah. you go do that yeah you're you passionate like, about that go go use that energy and and make it Right. Find your audience for yeah. you. Yeah. Like, and, and like, but there's, there's value in like, you know, other people's voices saying the things that they're saying. Right. <laughs> like, I don't want to steal that. Right. Right. Um, it wouldn't be authentic to you. Right. It, exactly. So that's, that's my thing is, is go do your thing. Um, and like be rad, you know, like inspire. Totally. Awesome. Well, hey, we got we got a few minutes left, so I want to quickly um, jump to uh, another thing you guys have going on right now. Um, ironically, because you mentioned earlier that that when you started this, you didn't want to do an actual play, but uh, currently you are in fact doing an actual play, right? <laughs> yeah, I feel uh, I feel targeted. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a bad thing. It's just not the thing that everyone wants to produce, but we all want to consume it. I mean, I I watch three a week. So we, uh, yeah, we have a streaming show, which I think is a little different, uh, at least in the sense that it's it's much looser, right? Um, sure. It doesn't, it's not produced to nearly the degree that like an actual play um, would be. But yeah, we have a we have a streaming show. We are streaming um, Band of Blades, which is a Forged in the Dark game. So it's based on the Blades in the Dark by John Harper. Okay. Um, but it is a um, it is a mercenary company, a la the Black Company, um, marching in retreat after losing the um final battle against uh against the cinder king who and his army of undead um and we are marching back to sky dagger keep to mount a defense and hopefully like save the kingdom so that they can try and defeat him again one more time um, so, so like the ultimate goal is don't die yeah exactly it's yeah. it's uh dark military fantasy so it's <laughs> there's a little bit of magic there's deities there's uh you know like pikes and swords and muskets and uh a lot of dying face down in the mud <laughs> <laughs> sure so so i think you guys are, are a few sessions or episodes in on that now um had you played had you played the system previously or was this kind of your your for, first look and you're you're actually you're gming the the session is that correct yeah i'm the gm we have okay. four players um 
and uh no so i have played blades in the dark a few times um which is sort of the you know the father of the system um i have played scum and villainy which is a another hack of the system that um was released uh two years ago and then this year at gen con they released band of blades which had been teased in the original kickstarter um so it it was i don't know six weeks in the wild um post play test (laughs) when we were like hey I think we got to do this. <laughs> so, uh, kind of like Rudy how you Bassa. started doing a fifth edition, right? Yeah, it's like, exactly. It just came out. <laughs> I, I'm sensing so, yeah, a theme so, here. You're like, hey, there's a new thing. Let's jump into it and share it with the world. <laughs> yeah, I'm here to do whatever I'm excited about. Right. Like, I don't want to, I'm, I'm not working for anybody else. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, and it's, uh, so unfortunately, uh, the way the game is designed, it works for five players, but it's, okay. it's harder to expand. Um, and sure. our home group is actually eight people. Oh, wow. So, I was never going to get it to our table, um, but I had bought it because I love it. It's, right. you know, I'd seen the play test and things like that. And I was, I was excited about it. Uh, I'm a huge mark for the black company. Um, like those novels are yeah. one of my favorite series. So I like, I had to buy this game and I was like, I got to figure out a way to get it to the table. And uh, Rudy Basso from don't split the podcast network, our network uh, was like, yeah, we should do a stream. Let's start. Let's find cat. Let's cast people. Let's do this stream. I'm like, a month later, here we are. <laughs> hey, like you said, just do it, right? Like, just just go and do it. Exactly. And we have uh, we have made every mistake possible um, to the point where we had to get the designer of the game, Strasz uh, uh, Asimovic, uh, on the show to help us. <laughs> <laughs> hi, hi. What what are we doing wrong? Could you tell us everything that we're doing wrong? That session went so smoothly because I was like, Strash, what's the math? Right. <laughs> Strash, what do we do? How do I handle this? <laughs> He's like, you're fine. You're doing a good job. That's awesome. It's about the story. <laughs> That's awesome. So uh, you mentioned Don't Split the Pod. Um, and just real quick before we close up, uh, that is that is your podcast network. Um, what is that like? What, what are some other shows on it? What has it been um, like for y'all being part of a podcast network after starting as an independent show? Um. So what's cool about Don't Split the Podcasts is that it's run by James Intracasso and Rudy Basso, who were um, two of our fans turned friends. Um, They're two other content creators that we liked. Um, and when they try to, you know, they ori- originally reached out to us and we're like, hey, we're putting this together. And we were like, cool, we're going to stay independent. And then after a while, we were like, hey, like, we're going <laughs> to, is it too late for that offer? <laughs> like, we want to be yeah. better friends. <laughs> Um, so, so James is one of the DMs Guild adepts. Uh, Rudy has been um, editing and producing podcasts for a long time. Uh, they do Tabletop Babble, um, is James's show. Uh, we also have Venture Maidens and Dames and Dragons on the network. Uh, we have um, Mike Shea, um, Sly Flourish, also has a show on the network. Oh, okay. There was a show by Newbie DM. So, um, a lot of a lot of voices that are familiar right. um, to to D and D on the network. But we are sort of the um our actual play shows are like venture maidens and, and dames and dragons are yeah um very very like D D sure, <laughs> driven. Sure. Um and we're we're kind of the more I don't know, reaching out a little bit further and yeah uh, seeing what else is a field. Awesome. Well dude, um that's about our time, but thank you so much for for being on, man. Uh like I said, you know, I've been listening to you for a while, so it was exciting for me to have you join me. Um where can uh where can people find you where can they check out what you're doing and we'll put all this in the show notes as well so you guys can check that out but uh yeah let us know where we can find you 
Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Mundangerous. That's M-U-N Dangerous. Um, you can find the show on Twitter at TPTCast or TotalPartyThrill.com or iTunes or Google Play. I don't know. Where do people find Everywhere. podcasts? Yeah, Stitcher stuff. <laughs> um, and uh, you can watch our... When, uh, ooh, depending on when this comes out, we might be this, running out of time. This on Wednesdays, and this will come out in about three weeks from today. So we're going to say early November. Okay, cool. So we will we will be very close to finishing this season of uh, Stream of Blades, but you can catch that on twitch.tv slash don't split the podcast or uh, search Total Party Thrill on YouTube where um, we're getting all those episodes up there. Uh, it's a couple days delayed, but otherwise, yeah. Awesome. Well, again, guys, this has been Shane from Total Party Thrill. Make sure you check out uh, their show. Make sure you check out their stream. Um, it's going to be awesome. I am Andrew Richardson, and this has been Roll for Persuasion. Uh, as always, you can check us out on Twitter at Roll Persuasion or Instagram at Roll Number Four Persuasion. And uh, until next week, guys, have a great one and enjoy your games.